0: Welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about our thoughts on Psychology Today's recent spotlight, is play therapy appropriate for children with PTSD, published April 4th, 2020, and how we think it relates to supervision. Heather, you and I think it's important that interns know where they are getting their information from.
1: Yes, I think that can be a big downfall, trying to gather so much information, you're trying to do your best. If you don't know where your information's coming from or haven't researched a topic uh, regarding a client or maybe a certain type of therapy, you can really get caught up.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much information out there and also such a large amount of information that interns are taking in in a short amount of time in school, right after they get out of school, that it's sometimes hard to filter through all of that, internalize it and make use of it, that it can be really overwhelming.
1: Right. How many times have you sat in supervision with somebody and they're telling you something about something else somebody told them and it becomes a game of telephone when really they have lost the whole concept behind it. They've Mm -hmm. lost the whole point behind the original research. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Heather, can you think of any specific times where maybe this has affected you, where you had a lot of information and make sure you knew where it was coming from? Uh,
1: Supervision have had supervisee come to me and discuss some ideas they thought about diagnosing a client. And their ideas came from something another person at the clinic they worked with thought after they'd done some peer review. And what it really ended up being was that they jumped to a far, severe diagnosis of like an eating disorder that really was more of like that's some bad choices and maybe some stress eating but nothing that would qualify like a diagnosis.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's a great example that interns are working with and under lots of different counselors and that of course each one of us has different experience and different perception. Sometimes our interns need help to filter through or sift through what if that is good information what should they take direction from.
1: Right. I think it's so easy, especially when you're taking in all that information and you feel maybe overwhelmed by your caseload. Something someone said at a conference or in class or during a different meeting that you heard that you just hold on to it and you maybe don't do the research yourself Mm -hmm. to see if Mm -hmm. that was even factual.
0: Right. I know uh, for me, I work with a lot of people with eating disorders and I'm also a play therapist. So I work with a lot of young people with eating disorders and just for myself in the last... Two years, I kind of took it upon myself to figure out what feeding therapy was, how counseling, feeding therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy all fit together right. when we're when working with someone with an eating disorder. And I really had to to do my homework and and figure out good what good resources were. Uh, talk to lots of people. It took a lot of effort. So I appreciate that we're asking interns to do a lot of that too, while they're also learning a lot of other things at the same time.
1: Right. It can be really tricky for them to balance that plate of how much of this do I just take at face value because I got to run with it and go. And mm-hmm. how much of time do I have to invest in researching something that's a little bit deeper for my client? You know, one of the biggest things I think that helps always find out what other uh, resources your clients have already in place. And like you did, searching out, okay, what exactly is feeding therapy? And how can I make sure I'm not counteracting what they're doing mm-hmm. um, in feeding therapy? And what can I be doing in session that can help that grow? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Heather, I don't know. This feels recent to me, but maybe it's not all that new. Um, I think that some another challenge that interns have recently is all of the available continuing education opportunities, some of them online, some of them in person, all the many, many new credentials that are out there that you can earn if you go to the CEU and pay the money. I think it's hard to sift through what of those are quality opportunities and which ones are not where you want to take your direction from. And
1: sometimes you won't know until you've been to one put on by Mm -hmm. that group. Mm -hmm. You won't know until you've been to one, but you can ask around.
0: Right. Um, Just recently, I talked to a couple of my interns about this and and suggested that they research the person that's presenting, look back at their credentials and experience and education to find out, is this the type of experience that I want to learn from?
1: Right. And often I've decided to go to different continuing education based on who's presenting, yes, but then their credentials and are they still relevant? Because they could be presenting on something that is a 20-year-old theory. And if they're not current with new times and they haven't continue to progress and change their mindset, then you probably aren't going to find it beneficial.
0: Mm -hmm. I think this relates to our article that we're discussing because uh, the article was written on play therapy for children with PTSD written by a medical doctor.
1: Right. Which is curious. Not that they couldn't have knowledge, Mm -hmm. just isn't necessarily experiential.
0: Right. I think it, it makes me want to find out more. It makes me want to research and find out what experience this person has that's relatable to play therapy. children, PTSD, Um, while I'm also paying attention to what his opinion is. Right. That brings us to, uh, we also, Heather, you and I believe that it's important that interns know the climate. Absolutely. What do you think that
1: means? I think it's important for interns to almost taking the temperature. It's knowing what some of the hot topics are, culturally relevant topics. Um,
0: I think that throughout the history of psychotherapy, there have been lots of times where people jumped on a bandwagon and went with it for a while. Um, and times where I think it's important to know kind of the trajectory or the history of our profession and know where some of our values came from, um, where some of the initiatives have come from. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I talked about that multiculturalism is a good example of that, that the importance that we place with multiculturalism really is not that old, Um, but it is certainly now pervasive throughout what we do, that we value, appreciate, and emphasize the importance of being Diverse and helping ourselves to appreciate and understand a, a greater range of experiences.
1: Yes, and being able to be present and teach that to supervisees and interns is really crucial. They get some in school, it is a topic they cover, but until they're doing the work and they're face to face with something that they have to either really be aware of or conquer or maybe change their own bias about, it really doesn't play out till then.
0: Heather, in the time that you've been a counselor, can you think of some times where there were ideas that? were really popular for a time and then lost their popularity?
1: Absolutely. In fact, there's a joke that I have with a colleague that no matter what story 2020 runs, that's going to be who we see in our office for the next Mm -hmm. time being. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can remember when it was really popular, um, differentiating between bipolar one and bipolar Mm two. And um, that was actually when I was almost done with my licensure, but still an intern. And I can remember everyone that came through the door thinking that they had this diagnosis or the parents thinking their child had this diagnosis.
0: Mm-hmm. A little self-diagnosis. Right, right. Because it was words that we were hearing more often, an idea right. that was popularized.
1: Right. Um, ADHD has done the same thing. Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, I'm thinking about, again, another eating disorder example. Right now, there's a big push towards haze, which I think, one, a lot. there are a lot of people who aren't familiar with that, and even a lot of clinicians who aren't familiar with haze. Haze is health at every size. Got it. Um, so it's an idea that there is not one perfect size, not one perfect weight, not one perfect BMI, but that health can look different for different people. Okay. And that if you aren't familiar with that, you aren't familiar with how that looks when you are using that idea in counseling. It means that in counseling, you would steer away from the pop culture idea that there is a perfect I- or an ideal body shape or or type that you avoid language that implies that. It, right. So it's, I think, kind of complicated and difficult for people who are used using language that is stigmatizing or that does identify a specific body type as ideal. Um, So that's, to me, is an example, a current example example of of knowing your climate. Mm -hmm. Um, Heather, you and I also think, reading this article and thinking about it, we also thought that it was very important that interns know how to stay in their lane.
1: Right. They are not experts yet. I would not consider anybody an expert in the field until they have done research within the field. Being able to identify key people they're going to use as mentors, be able to reach out and get that information. You might have a child that's ADHD, but also exhibits a ton of depression symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids play out their symptoms differently than adults. right?
0: I think something that can be confused and and complicate the uh, ADHD diagnosis is any kind of type of learning difference. Right. And to me, that's another example of stay in your lane. There is someone else who is specifically trained at looking at learning differences and identifying what resources can be used for that person. And that might not be me.
1: And it's important to help our interns and supervisees understand that's actually a great skill to have. That's a good skill to be able to say, oh, that's not my thing. But who's the diagnostician at your campus that can help with this? Right. Who's the skills person that's going to assess this Mm -hmm. in person?
0: Um, This stay in your lane also makes me think about all of the great treatment teams I've been involved in and all of the crappy treatment teams (laughs) I've been involved in, too. (laughs) um, And the treatment teams that I really loved and I thought worked well, there were a mix of backgrounds, doctors, nurses, counselors, hands-on people, social workers that came together and brought all of that experience together to really problem solve, create a solution that would work best for a client. Right. Um, And I loved when we didn't all agree every single time. And that was because all of our backgrounds were different and we were bringing different perspectives. But I think it challenges each one of us and helps us to look at things in a different way. Um, And it also means that I can do my job, you can do your job. When we don't overlap, we actually help each other the best. Like, right. I'm going to do what I'm responsible for. You're going to do what you're responsible for.
1: Right. And I think there's been plenty of times I've set in what, whether it's on a individual education plan or a 504 meeting there as ears. And I've gathered so much more information about the client's total world, their total um, universe to go, oh, well now I know exactly why they do this problematic behavior because I'm able to step back and see some of the puzzle pieces put together. Mm-hmm.
0: Heather, can you think of a time where you had maybe you saw this clearly staying in your lane was so
1: important in one of your work experiences I can think of a time when I worked for an agency that there was lots of different parts of this agency so some people work in more the foster care side of things some people worked in spiritual and religious side of things those can become convoluted pretty quick when we all at an agency are working for a common good it's really hard to for me it was hard at the time to find the to say uh-uh that's not what you get to have an opinion about mm-hmm. um, what I do in the counseling office is separate mm-hmm. from what you might do as a social worker to support the family right or what who might guide them in yeah. religion.
0: I think that's such a good example because I think we have a lot of interns who are need to feel like they can be empowered to say this is what I do this is what I'm an expert at this is what my training's in right let me do that right I think that's so important yeah um, I can think of a, t- a couple of my work experiences, where I really wanted to go outside of my lane and do something for someone. But through the experience, it helped me to see that by staying in my lane, I did the best work that I could do. One of my internship sites when I was still in school was at a large homeless shelter. Oh, wow. And it was hard. I remember the orientation the very first day and they said things like, absolutely do not give people rides. Absolutely do not give people money. Absolutely do not give somebody anything really. Because there there are ways for them to get that, those resources if they needed them. And they needed those people to access resources in the way that they could account for it, understand what the need was. And at first it was really hard. I bet. I wanted to give people a ride down the street. Why can't I give them a ride down the street? I'm going that way anyway. Right. Or why can't I give them like my hand-me-down clothes that don't fit anymore, that would perfectly fit their teenage daughter? Right. That would, what, how helpful would that be? So it was really tough. But through that work experience, I really saw what that meant, why it was important. It's something I still apply now. Mm -hmm. I can't be all things to all people. I can be some of the things some of the time. Right. Um, And So I think lots of different reasons why that lesson is really important for interns and also really difficult to learn.
1: And I just thought of another thing as you were talking is it's important for us to still nurture that within ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people came into the therapy world to do this work because they have a passion about being a helper. And if we can't do that in our settings, like in working in the homeless shelter or or working for an agency that does outreach with foster care, then it's important to find a way that personally you're still mm-hmm. having that need mm-hmm. met mm-hmm. without necessarily it being a conflict of interest at your work. Sure. There.
0: So counselor Heather can be counselor Heather yes. when she's at work, but Heather can be al- other things when she's not at work. Right. She can volunteer at places, give back in a way that right. feeds you, uh, feeds a different part of you. So you and I also believe that it's really important that interns learn, counselors too, counselors and interns learn that if we need to help give our audience audience the soundbite that they need. This article that you and I read might be confusing, not exactly what our clients are looking for, and we can help them get that little soundbite
1: that they're right. looking for. Well, true confessions, um, when you and I talked about the article, I had completely forgot what the title of the article was. And I was so caught up in the kind of debate that was happening and trying to follow the author's uh, purpose, really, that when I went back to the original, what was the title of the article? Is play therapy appropriate for children with peach Right. And if you'd asked me that question, I already had an opinion that did not match after what I read the article. Not that he changed my mind at all. I still have my same opinion. But I think I lost. That's what I was supposed to be reading about.
0: So if we're thinking about the soundbite, you were thinking the soundbite, I'm guessing, had something to do with the CBT. Right. And really, maybe this author's purpose or intent is the soundbite has something to do with play therapy, children, and PTSD. Absolutely. Got me all tangled up. I wish there was more focus on this in schools, in practical experience. I think it means... Helping interns learn how to do great parent consultation.
1: Yes, so important.
0: Um, I think it's hard for interns to learn this skill. I don't think there's a ton of resources out there to guide them. And I feel like it's overwhelming for a lot of interns.
1: You know, when I first started out in family therapy, um, one of my professors said one of the best things that will save you, especially as an intern while you're learning this, is when you're thinking about your sessions, you are planning for parent follow up. So you Mm -hmm. may not be able to plan what happens in your session with a child, but you're already in your your head thinking about what's important that I connect with mom dad caregiver on that week so whenever I do an intake with a family I always discuss that we may not use the whole 50 minutes in session we may only use 40 minutes and I may follow up with you later on if it's appropriate right after or I may be sending you an email later I think and having that mindset of already knowing how you're going to follow up prevents some of this overlap where kids are going back for play therapy and they're never talking to the therapist you
0: know uh, Heather listening to you makes me appreciate what a real complex process this is. So you're saying that in a session, you're thinking about a future parent consultation, but you're also applying the experience and education and information that you've got from other resources and applying that to the parent consultation. Right. That's really complex and difficult. It makes it sound like a really tough process to learn for interns.
1: There's a lot of pieces to make sure that you're putting all together at one time. Mm -hmm.
0: On top of applying all of those things, you're also thinking about how do I translate this into something that is is applicable, purposeful, useful to my audience. Uh, that's a challenge.
1: Right, a big one.
0: And, and I think you can be caught off track if you don't know where you're inf- you're getting your information from, if you haven't thought about the climate of counseling, and if you're having difficulty staying in your lane, if you're kind of jumping over and talking about medication stuff, right. or uh, learning disabilities, things like that, that, that it makes this process even more challenging. Right.
1: And all the while, we're teaching also, don't avoid those topics. You need to know what medications your clients Mm -hmm. are. Don't avoid talking about something else traumatic that happened in the family. Right. But know where you're supposed to be. Yeah.
0: So I think then the challenge of the supervisor is to help an intern take this step by step, bit by bit, and make this a process that they can master, feel confident with, and make useful when they are talking to parents or clients. Right.
1: A lot of working parts.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for joining us on Supervision with a Vision today. I hope that we sparked some conversation. See you next time. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision
1: with a Vision.